0: You're tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. and Welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive right here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock on a Wednesday afternoon edition of the show. Hope you're doing well. Week is flying by and just, man, a, a lot of stuff. Busy week here locally. Just all kinds of stuff going on. Everybody's getting paid over there.
1: Everybody's got their hand out. Everybody getting paid. Everybody except me don't know if it's got their handout like the one today is a no-brainer and is it? in some ways i think he's excelled i mean when's the last time our athletic department's been running like this dude it's been a minute i realize that he's got a lot of support no athletic directors had you know an nil program and i think this is the best administratively we've been in a long time but I mean, there's a reason he's, we call him Banner Dan, Russ. Well, let's get into it. It's announced today that Danny White,
0: Tennessee Athletics Director, has agreed to a contract extension, gets a little nice little raise from $1.8 to $2.2 million annually with a six-year rolling term. So, basically, he gets like an automatic one-year extension every year. So, that's good for him. I guess he is the highest paid athletics director in the SEC. And during his first two years on Rocky Top, Tennessee won six SEC team championships. And the most recently completed year stands as one of Tennessee athletics, most comprehensively successful years in decades, according to university press
1: release. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it through rose or through orange tinted glasses I'm, I'm just stating a fact right now i don't even feel like you have to make that much of an argument tennessee is a gold standard in collegiate athletics we're the best <laughs> imagine saying that five years ago imagine saying that two years ago when they were having that press conference okay devil's advocate okay
0: danny white has made one hire right here
1: josh heupel yeah it's a great hire right he had his ace in his back pocket. That was his guy. Well, he tried to hire
0: at, at least Tony Elliott, now at Virginia. Sure. And maybe James Franklin, maybe Smothers that we don't know about. Josh Heupel was not his first choice,
1: probably not his second or third choice. Well, let me put, it back, put this back on you. If you put me or you in charge in the athletic director's position over there, I know we aren't, you know. The sharpest knives, how long do you think it would take us before we completely imploded the athletic department? Like me, I, I think it could be within a matter of weeks.
0: What, what, what
1: does that have to do with anything? Sure, he didn't make all the hires, but he's. you cannot disagree that it's never ran this smooth over there. The communication, uh, they don't, we don't make the, the dumb like PR mistakes anymore, really. Everybody's reading off the same page right now, I feel like, under his leadership. I'm just saying, OK. I, I feel like the, the communication, the PR
0: stuff, I feel like that's only stuff we notice when things are going badly. But uh, you know, I listen, man, I'm, you can't argue with success, and Danny White is king of the kingdom over there, and I'm a Dan he, fan.
1: You're, you're a Dan man, Dan fan. Big fan of Dan's. A dapper Dan man. What song is that? A dapper Dan comes from uh o brother war Yeah, too right. Dapper Dan. That's out of that. I'm a dapper Dan man. Bruce Springsteen song. Go ahead, Russ. No, I'm done. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I you know, I mean, how how much are they paying him again?
0: Two point two million dollars a year. With an automatic rollover, or just he's on a perpetual six year deal.
1: I I, kind of feel like that's that's one part of it. I'm like, huh? Come on, I don't know about that. (laughs) But, um, I almost think of it the same way I think of Barnes. I feel like we've we found, uh, like a top tier from from a CPO perspective, CEO perspective those guys are hard to find so that you can you, sometimes you have to pay a premium like we pay a premium for rick barnes i
0: just think the stability factor is, is exactly big. you've had a revolving door in the athletics director chair for years and years and years going back to ever since doug Dickey left and you've had a revolving door in the football coach and i guess those probably the two most high profile or the two most important jobs out there basketball Coach probably a little bit more high profile than sure. than the athletics director, but like you need stability at those positions. If if you've got a good AD and you've got a good football coach and the football program is humming, everything else is just gravy.
1: And Tennessee's got a lot of gravy right now. Yeah, but I, I feel like we we deserve we desperately need a, uh, I, I feel like a, a, a ten year. Uh, serene stream of of just just consistency and just nothing melting down just joy everywhere you turn oh yay we're
0: awesome in this sport too oh cool we're gonna be good this year oh we're gonna be good next year the year
1: after that oh we're just good 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 it's because i mean unthinkable yeah and if you're if you're debating something with a with a fan from another fan base, and they want to pivot to the sport they're known for, best example is Kentucky. That's blocked off now. We need to win and rub anyhow. But yeah, I don't have a problem with it.
0: Look, eventually we're going to have a losing something and uh, a sure. losing season in something we care about, and. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how we handle that uh, you know I'm if still- this goes on for a while we have really good football men's basketball and baseball seasons for the foreseeable future it looks like that's going to happen um i ho- mean literally- hopefully it's not on, on down the road until we have to deal with that year where everything is imploding all around us and but it's gonna happen again and I'm fine with forgetting how to handle all of that. We'll learn it again when yeah. it happens. Oh, it's like
1: riding a bike. We'll be able to get back on it. Oh, hopefully thing, it'll um, be different.
0: Hopefully it'll be much different and we won't have to draw on previous experiences. Hopefully it'll be like, what's happening now? I don't understand this.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other thing that, that I'm kind of still, the longer I think about it, the the weirder I think it is, is the way some fans are acting and reacting or not reacting or the whole thing about the basketball team. And then I saw, uh, you know, the the know, generalization that the fans haven't been that rowdy at, at the Tommy Bowl. Mm-hmm. And the reasons for that, I think it's just because the kids haven't been here.
0: I think there's a variety of reasons for it then I'm sure we'll discuss for the umpteenth time as the show goes along here this afternoon but uh we got a big one lined up for you folks Dan the man Harrelson is going to be along here in just a few minutes and uh he will talk about the other Dan uh of the moment right now Danny White getting the big raise get some football thoughts and basketball talk with him as well volswire.com's Dan Harrelson coming up here in just a few moments and our number three this is uh this is pretty big for me and Bear. Guys of a certain age, guys who grew up in the 90s and the 90s rock scene, the, the alt rock scene. Coming up at 5:20 this afternoon, Billy Corgan. Mr. Smashing Pumpkins. Yes, that Billy Corgan is going to be on the show this afternoon. And uh that's is pretty cool. He is the owner of NWA the National Wrestling Alliance. He grew up a huge and you wouldn't think it either. Like you, you picture Not Billy Corgan in, in like the 90s he had this image of being like this brooding rock guy who wrote these really dark, dreary, almost gothic kind of songs and everything. Yeah. And evidently he was a big jock growing up. Like he was a he was a player. like He was a baseball player in Chicago, big Cubs fan, Bears fan, um, and also a big professional wrestling fan. And he's living the dream right now for any kid of the 80s, 90s who grew up watching professional wrestling. You ever thought to yourself, I want to be Vince McMahon. I want to own the wrestling. He did it. I guess that's what selling a couple million records in the 1990s will allow you to do He, he went out and bought... NWA, which is a wrestling outfit that's been around for decades. 75 years. And they're going to be in town next week, and Billy's going to jump on the air with us and, and talk some wrestling. So
1: that's going to be cool. Well, see, for uh, – I'm closer to his age than I am to yours. Like, hey, wrestling was like – and NWA was a big one. Like, we didn't – WWE did – or back when – that was when it was the WWF – People down here weren't really aware of it until like I'm talking like 82 83 Early 80s, yeah. like like the NWA was was it the National Wrestling Alliance cuz that's the one that had they promoted for um they controlled like the southeastern southwestern United States if I'm remembering right well they would have these
0: but, I mean it's the National Wrestling Alliance they literally had alliances with other so you would have like
2: four, four five, Flair
0: is the champion or you know whoever else the big wrestlers were back in those days would come to town and fight the local guy, yeah, and and leave with the wind by the skin of their teeth, you know, and that's how
1: uh, disqualification. Yeah, they wouldn't change hands. They,
0: they'd share. They'd share the profits. That, that's how they sold out all the and grew, grew the sport. Is pretty ingenious business model.
1: Yeah, but so when you grew up in Knoxville, we got Georgia professional wrestling, which was in NWA. I remember watching in, that on TV. That, was like, that was like I'm talking like Ric Flair. Oh yeah, like I was a huge Ric Flair fan. Love that he was. I just remember evil. so
0: the Georgia wrestling thing. They used to play that in syndication in the afternoons on ESPN back when uh, kids don't With remember. Gordon ESPN used to show just like table tennis and oh, yeah. swimming like during the day. Like they, they would just show anything back in the day, and so I would get home from school and Georgia wrestling would be on. And like eight years old, Russell doesn't know that professional wrestling is—I won't say fake, but
1: scripted. Right. And you're seeing Ric Flair.
0: Oh, you're seeing all this stuff. Kamala, the Ugandan giant, was like unbeatable. You know, you get. Well, and- so
1: years are little.
0: I was. If you- yeah. Well, this is this is later. Yeah. But I, I just remember one time Kamala. was I think scary. it was Bobby the Brain Heenan, and I, I don't remember who, but it was one of those. Uh, Bobby Heenan had this cream yeah. that he would put on your ha- your head yeah. and make your hair fall off. It was like nair or whatever <laughs> he, he would do. that. <laughs> and there was like, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the faces. And they got him and tied him up. In the, put, the, put the cream and on. And, he, and, he's, and he's bald. They show him he's bald the next. Oh, he's so mad. You just <laughs> wanted to. I want an uh, eight-year-old Russ wanted to get on my bike and find Bobby he- Heenan. And show him what it's like.
1: See when I was uh, when I was eight, it was like what was it? It wasn't the Iron Sheik; it was the Sheik, and he could spit fire uh, or, or blow fire in your face from across the ring. I guess he had like I don't know if he had like flash paper. Or what Abdul the Butcher? He'd pull a fork out of his Turkish boot, like a common dinner fork or us, and then he'd go to town on somebody's face with it. The Crimson Mask. You remember that? That was crazy. I mean, you're talking about. Eight-year-old Russ is coming home. And you might, you might at four o'clock in the afternoon seeing Ric Flair with a crimson mask on, just blood everywhere.
0: Yeah, so that that was big. But WWF, as it was back in the day, I still call it WWF. That that was huge for '80s kids. Like that was just it was unbelievable man and it was it wasn't they were superheroes these were like it was something to aspire to i remember my mom whenever she would see me watching wrestling she would go they're poor mothers they're poor mothers <laughs>
1: like just, Mom's so it was sweet. appalled that what
0: a sweet lady appalled that
1: somebody's I children would, were behaving that not, way
0: well, yeah not only that but that her son would you know it's fake right you know that's not real shut up mom it's real, You see, he's bleeding. That's real blood.
1: Yeah. You can't fake hitting somebody in the face with a steel chair. I mean, it's real. You can't real. fake getting brain dusted by Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> My little brother was a big Dusty Rhodes fan. I was Ric Flair. My older brother, like, there was a dude, I don't know if you'll remember him, the Mongolian Stomp. Oh, yeah. And that guy's whole move was stomping. Well, he also and he, brought, he that had one of those
0: claw of, things where he'd like... Like a man Yeah, No, and, he had a great look on yeah. his face. So
1: he's doing it. Who else had some weird face? The great Kabuki. He spit that green mist like a cobra and it blinds you. Mr. Fuji's magic dust. It's a great gimmick. Oh, he's blinded by the dust. He was like, nobody really messed with Fuji back when he was, certainly not when he was on on shows. Great. Like he was, he great was manager. menacing.
0: Great manager. Hopefully, we have some good wrestling stories with Billy Corgan coming up in hour number three of the show. We got to take a quick break. We got Tennessee basketball tonight at the arena. Georgia is in town. Hey, uh, uh, Danny, what you think? Dan Banner, Dan pulls his brother aside and says, eh, what, "What do you think? What do you think, little bro? Got a got a little raise, huh? You like that? Is is Danny the oldest?
1: Yeah, like the white the, brothers." I, I, yeah, I'd like to see him come up and kind of give him the old brother. I know you've done it to your brothers. It is my brother. Everybody does their brother. Just the the face mush where you put the, your hand. Give him a noogie. No, you like palm palm your your brother's face and just kind of like push him back. It's very disrespectful. Get out of my way brotherly love little mikey
0: white back in thompson bowling you
1: think he wishes he had taken our job when it was offered to him back in 2015 i think if he knew that long term that he could still be here and his brother would be his boss yeah i think he'd take it i don't i don't we wouldn't hire
0: his brother if if he were here that probably
1: not almost illegal isn't it and and i don't know i mean little mikey white ain't rick barnes dude no, I th- he'd probably be gone. Right he, he probably
0: wishes he had taken the job. I'm glad he didn't. Hell yeah. It was worth a year of Donnie Tyndall to get seven years of Rick Barnes. Yeah. Stay with us. The drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio. Dan Harrelson, Volswire.com, coming up next. Fan Run Radio. The drive continues. Russell Barrett, Marcus, cruising with you on a Wednesday afternoon edition of the show. Dan Harrelson, Volswire.com, standing by on your Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Good afternoon, Dan. How are you, sir?
2: Doing pretty well. Hope you guys are well.
0: Yeah, man. uh, So far, so good here in 2023. And good to get you on here this afternoon. A pretty good day for guys named Dan, I guess. As uh, Danny White cashing in big. Tennessee locking up its football coach. Yesterday, locking up its athletics director today. Dan, do you think that the university had any fear of other schools coming after Danny White and Josh Heipel?
2: Maybe. I, I don't know, to be honest with you. That, that is an interesting point. But I, I do think, obviously, the news yesterday with Josh Heipel getting his extension, well-deserved, obviously, after his two years at, at Tennessee, And what seems to be taking place in years to come for, for Josh hype on the football side, but back-to-back days that Danny white gets his extension. I I think Josh deserves his definitely, but you out, you also have to factor in that's through, I think it's January of 2029. So you're starting to think, okay, well that covers another four year uh, recruiting class for some of these guys will be here three to four, maybe five years. So, football side of things more so recruiting wise and just kind of stay with the other coaches nationally to to get him so I think it was nine million a year but yeah I think Danny White definitely deserves his extension at the University of Tennessee I think maybe when he first got here the texture buddy thing did not go well with a lot of fans and I kind of see where that could rub people the wrong way but He's he's performed very very well uh, throughout the uh, both on the Vols and Lady Vols side of things uh, throughout the whole athletics department. So I think it's well deserved also. And if you think about it, rewind it maybe ten years ago and just look at the the athletics department as a whole. I mean, you had the former thing, you had Kiffin leaving, Dooley, and then Pearl getting fired, trying to clean up that mess. Pat Summit getting sick and retiring. And fast forward to 10, 11, 12 years later, I mean, it's probably the best shape it's been maybe since Doug Dickey was AD at Tennessee.
0: You know, you bring up the whole texture buddy thing. And in hindsight, look, I I know it's fashionable for media folks to, you know, defend the fans, protect the fans at at all costs when it comes to stuff like that. But, you know, Danny White recognized when he came into this job that it was a toxic situation it was a toxic atmosphere the fan base was toxic the the coaching like the the personnel inside the building the atmosphere turned turned toxic in there you talk to anybody and i think he he recognized that as the biggest problem that he had to confront aside from you know hiring a football coach and was just like look all this whining and infighting online is not helping like it is it's not going to help me attract the kind of coaches we need to get out of this. So I'll actually defend him a little bit on that, uh, Dan. Now, one thing that I asked Bear this in our first segment, I want to get your thoughts on it. How much credit does Danny White get for the entire athletics department? Because really, he's hired Josh Hypel, who was not his first choice to come here, which is interesting. And he's hired a track coach. I think those are the only coaches that he's hired, correct?
2: To my knowledge, yes, I think so. So how
0: how, how much credit for the whole shebang does he get in two years?
2: No, it's, it's a good point. I mean, you know, well, actually, on, on the flip side, I know I guess it's classified that Ralph Weekly retired, which he did. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe there was some conversation saying, you know, let's try one coach in softball and see how it goes. I, I thought – the pitching coach, I don't follow softball greatly, but we do cover it at Ballswire some. And I thought personally that the, the Malvo guy that came from Missouri, the pitching coach, did a tremendous job for Tennessee, and he brought in some really good grad transfers and recruits also. So maybe that's something that could have been a conversation behind the scenes. I don't know. But uh, I, I guess that that could be one case for – for Danny White, but also uh, soccer. Uh, Joe Kurt, he he replaced uh, Penske that went to Florida State. So that was kind of like a high pool type hire, I guess you could say, just kind of elevate him or bring him with them. So uh, you know he he didn't have the best season this this past year, first year, but they did make the NCAA tournament. So it'd be interesting to see how Joe Kurt does play out at Tennessee. He but I, I he also oh. you can go both sides on the texture buddy thing. Yeah,
1: you you could there. Also something, I I don't know if you just aren't remembering Russell or maybe you just don't – I mean, he did get Tony Vitello locked down into that second contract and was able to keep some of the best baseball programs in the country from being able to come in here and snatch our lightning, lightning in a bottle once-in-a-lifetime baseball coach. You have any credit for that?
0: I would like to think any athletics director, even Philip Fulmer, would have – been able to
1: get that former would just throw money at him so i don't know what do you think Dan?
2: well i i don't know i i I guess it's definitely an interesting conversation but i i am kind of in a weird way i'm kind of waiting for danny white to have to make a another hire just to see what he can do in terms of maybe going outside the box for another program but i guess that would mean Either another coach had a lot of success and moved on elsewhere, or they didn't, and you would have to hire somebody. So I don't know. It's I think regardless, though, the whole program as a whole, from from women's and men's side, is definitely a whole lot better uh, right now compared to to basically the, the the end of the Mike Hamilton era, and then of course with Hart and former where
0: he came here. I guess the the measuring stick will be will hopefully will be just assuming that football con- continues to to be good and Josh Heupel has a nice 5 plus year run here and Tony Vitello is at the beginning of building, you know, an epic dynasty. Rick Barnes is I believe 68 now. Like hopefully the the litmus test of how good a hire can he really make will be what he decides to do with Rick Barnes's replacement. Here in the next, we'll say five years, give or
2: take. Well, going back from from the very beginning of this conversation, when I said it was interesting, I you know I, I talked to a couple of ads out there that obviously ads kind of have their own circle like coaches do, and the the kind of the stamp on Danny if he were to leave or, or whatnot is like Notre Dame always keeps keeps coming up. So I've obviously, important. Yeah, the they, the AD there at Notre Dame's obviously been there quite some time, and who knows? Who knows? Maybe Mike Bray—he I mean, replaced what's his face that went to North Carolina way back when in two thousand two thousand one season, and maybe he wanted to get a jump uh, jump start on retirement because there could be an AD position that could come open there, and it wouldn't be his own boss. So you never know, but. Uh, but Notre Dame definitely does keep coming up around Danny Wyatt, so I don't know if that truly will happen. But regardless, uh, you would think he would be here another couple of years at least at Tennessee.
0: Dan Harrelson, com, with us this afternoon. Dan, I think fans are just well, – oh, they're happy to be happy. They're happy to be winning. But the stability of a place that was just inherently unstable for years – going back to the mid-2000s after Doug Dickey left and it's been one AD after another and one football coach after another. We've had quite a few basketball coaches as well and just to have it set up now where it feels like the athletics director and the football coach are kind of locked in here and you know, basketball and baseball are going well and I, I think the stability factor can't be uh under undersold here do you think it'll last
2: yeah uh, everything does go in cycles so i would assume maybe they could squeeze out this whole decade of even if danny white's here or not or even josh hock will say maybe who knows it goes to oklahoma eventually or whatever but you would think maybe they can get through this whole decade before it kind of goes back through another cycle but uh, on the baseball front, what, what's kind of interesting, I had this exact conversation right before I came on here because with the baseball season about to start up soon, you start looking at the first few games, and Grand Canyon will be at Tennessee's second game uh, after playing Arizona for opening day out in Phoenix. And Grand Canyon's head coach is Greg Wallace. It's just, He's been there since 2014 as an assistant. And he got elevated to head coach this year. This will be his first year as their head coach. But he was here. He played for Serrano uh, at Irvine, and then he was here as director of baseball ops and a volunteer assistant for. He Who's started, this? Uh, Greg Wallace. He's the head coach uh, at Grand Canyon, who Tennessee plays that second game that first weekend, that first okay. tournament. So, I, I I I was one who brought it up that look, you know, it's not totally your fault where coach Toronto's fault that it things kind of were just 500 ball basically the whole time I mean obviously it was Toronto's fault his head coach but you know the whole and I told him exactly what I told you you had you had former Kiff and Dooley you had AD after AD and, and there was just no foundation there especially from the president chancellor a good solid AD and Keep in mind, uh, he, he and Serrano also had to deal with Todd Raleigh's mess that he left behind, too. So, who knows if that took at least two or three years to actually get get behind that. But he did leave some talent for, for Tony, and I think that's kind of helped Tony springboard into that. I think it was 2019 season where he could go to the North Carolina region, lost to North Carolina on that last game. But I don't know. I, I just think that whole era – just there's no stability and you look back at when former had things going you had a good president you had Doug Dickey say what you want to about how he left as a head coach but as an AD he really did some good things so I just think right now top the to bottom you know Tennessee I think that's part of the reason why they're so successful in competing for championships in every single sport that is has from top to bottom really good leadership right now and like i said i I think danny white deserves that extension as well as josh hype on the football side
0: well there's a luck element to hiring coaches isn't isn't there right tennessee's had they were due some good luck as they hired quite a few bad ones And, and and the bad ones we're all met with – just about all of them were met with universal approval at the time. There's, you know, the, the Butch Please bumper stickers. There was the uh, Dooley uh, pants phenomenon. There you know, Jeremy Pruitt and the stuff, You know, everybody loved those guys when they hired. Everybody loved Fulmer when he came back as athletics director. He was going to be the, the, uh, the, the savior, the, the white horse guy, whatever I'm trying to say. And then you look at the three people that are coaching these sports right now that are having all the success, right? Uh, Josh Heupel, we talked about earlier, probably not Danny White's first choice, certainly not the fans' first choice. I don't think that was met with universal um, approval when it was announced. Rick Barnes, retread, fired by Texas, like just kind of fell into our lap. Um, and then Tony Vitello, nobody know who knew who he was when, when he got the job. And yet all three of those guys are rock stars right now, so uh, all say all that, Dan, just to say this, we should probably remember that the next time that we won't, we'll go crazy about it, but we should probably remember the next time there's a coaching search that the first choice might not always be the best choice
2: right. It was Josh Heupel, obviously it wasn't uh you know win the press conference, a home run hire, that type of thing like you just mentioned, but I think it was the perfect situation. I remember when that kind of unfolded, thinking, all right, well, it's good they're getting back on the offensive side of the football. And seeing what he was able to do, both at Missouri and UCF, you just thought, okay, offense is going to sell tickets immediately. And we all know defense wins the championships as far as that saying goes. And that, that's kind of where I'm at right now with, with that next step for, for Tennessee. because you look at the schedule? you would think they would go 10 and two again and you know question mark can they beat Bama down there and then georgia at home this year and kind of see how that unfolds but that's the next step the offense has definitely sold the tickets. now it's time to start winning the championships and competing at a high level like they showed glimpses of this past season to, to actually win a championship so i think that's just the next step for for tennessee and josh heupel and To be honest with you, I know it was the Polynesian Bowl, but that showed me a a little bit of confidence in Nico already just with his legs. We already know about his arm, Washington 7-on-7, those type things in high school. But now actually seeing him in live situations in an all-star game, I think that's going to be really fun to watch this year and see how it unfolds for him going against Joe Milton in this quarterback competition. Now, especially since Taven Jackson has departed, and it seems like Josh Heifel is going to give a lot of these reps to to those two guys, and rightfully so, because you've invested a lot in Joe, and Joe's invested a lot of time just sticking around, especially this day and age with the portal, and then obviously bringing in a high-caliber quarterback in Nico. But the Polynesian bowls definitely showed me a lot of good things that he can do that Joe Milton cannot do with his legs and you just wonder how the quarterback situation will unfold who gets the ball especially going into that Florida game in September
0: yep and my hunch is that it'll be Milton I think he'll probably start the season I think he'll play well and I think he'll take Tennessee down there to Florida and you know, who knows what, it's, that's a tough place to play, and, and Tennessee has some bad history there, obviously, but Dan, you know as well as I do, the first overthrow, and, and he's going to overthrow, like, it's nobody's perfect, man, like, Peyton and Brady mispasses all the time. The first pick, the first bad play that Joe Milton makes, we're all going to be thinking, hmm, hmm, and some more voiceful fans will be out there on the social media landscape or yelling in the stands, put Nico in. You know what's going to happen.
2: Well, the good thing about it is the schedule and who would have thought Tennessee's sake, all those loaded October games, especially when Butch was the head coach and Jeremy Pruitt. Yep. You you look at it now, back-to-back years, the schedule's really, really good. You, You do luck up with Virginia. Uh, that first game, you should be able to beat them, especially Virginia's unfortunate situation. They, they, I think they, what, missed two games there at the end after that wrongful deal with the, the shooting there. But then you get Austin Peay and then at Florida. But, I mean, you get UTSA at the end of September uh, along with South Carolina early. And then the, another good off week like LSU this year before you get Texas A&M, which A&M, that should be interesting. with Bobby Petrino's OC now. They should still be able to beat them, but at least you get that off-week brought to four A&M, and then, of course, you, you see what you really have October 21st at Alabama.
0: Hey, Dad, great stuff, as always, visiting with you. A stellar first appearance by you of the new year, the first of many. Uh, hope you're doing well, my friend. I'm sorry for the recent loss in, in your family, and um, nice visiting with you. All right, thank you. Dan Harrelson. Check him out at volswire.com on the Twitter machine, at Dan Harrelson. Dan the man. Bringing it strong this <clears throat> afternoon. I didn't even have to. That was going to be my last question about Nico, and he just leads you right into it. Nice and smooth. That's what I like about having Dan on. Sometimes you, you don't even really have to ask questions. You just kind of shoot the breeze.
1: Yeah. He's fun to talk to. I talked to him earlier for a while off the air. Um, I do. I know we got to get to a break. I, I do want to circle back to something. Uh, about Nico and, and specifically about that Polynesian bowl, Because we almost started talking about it, and then we got sidetracked like we do. I think that may have been on Monday.
0: I am putting the poll in the field. Danny White approval rating It's going to be high. It's going to be high. I
1: think it's going to be like over 95.
0: I think so, too. How, the question is how much of that will be strongly approved versus approved. That's what we'll need to look I'd at. I'd forgotten about the texture buddy thing, man. He had a little stumbled out of the gate there. He had a couple.
1: What else? Just you could tell, he had a – I mean, it was a big adjustment coming from, you know, the athletic departments, I'm, you know, he grew up around. When his dad was a long-time Duke, right? Right? Yes. Correct. Yeah, Duke. Yeah. I, I think he had it, – it took him – he had a couple of, like, falters. I, I know the texture buddy thing. I feel like he had one other thing. I'll, I'll try and – I let me mean, let me think on it. But while he got his arms around the personality of the fan base, he's kind of representing now.
0: Stay with us. The drive continues. Open up the phone lines here. 865-546-8200. If you want to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines, they'll have Tennessee basketball on the big screens tonight. Vols, Georgia. 7 p.m. tip at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center, and arena you check it out over at Big Orange Phillies 6625 Maynardville Pike in Halls online bigorangephillies.com we're back with more of the drive right after this Back here on the Drive Fan Run Radio, Russell Bear, Marcus Cruising with you. Wednesday afternoon edition of the show, 865-546-8200. You want to jump on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines, 546-8200. Wow. The Danny White approval poll, uh, 110 votes cast through the roof. Take a, take a guess what the strongly approved percentage is, Bear. I go
1: 80 to 85%. Eighty-seven point one percent. That's a damn near a B plus, isn't it? I don't think we've ever seen numbers like that. No, we've never been this good. And I mean, like we're the only school in the country who, in this, you know, past three hundred sixty-five days, I think all their programs have been in the top five.
0: I, I think the biggest one, the the highest approval rating for any Tennessee athletics figure I can remember was rick barnes the grant admiral year when we were number one for like a month oh yeah and and it was like 99 percent total approval but even that was only it was like 50 percent approved 40 percent like strong
1: we've never seen a strongly approved no man with this that kind of number he's on top of the world man i mean he's he's doing really really well (laughs) really well He's, he's on a he's on a heater man and the thing is, like we're talking about Dan to
0: Dan about what happens when he has to, when he really has to make a hire. Well, see, I don't he think it's going to be the men's hypo basketball. card in the back of his pocket all along. See, I, I think it's going to be men's basketball. Like, what I mean, do you think? Women's basketball is a big
1: deal. Like, is there anything else? That's what I, I think. That's going to be. I, I, I could see that being his first, like, kind of a minefield and. Situation. See, I don't think so because I
0: think there's only two choices: either you stick with Kelly Harper and you continue on your current trajectory and hope hope things Keep get rolling for real, to, yeah, or you hire Carol Lawson. I think that's a pretty easy decision to make. I don't think it's an easy decision at all. I just think it's a binary de- choice. I, I don't think that Ooh, there's okay. like you you yeah. have a search and uh, you got to deal with no, you know gonna... the old school Lady Vols fans who want this person and maybe you want this person. Maybe you want to go outside the box. I don't I don't think there's any of that.
1: No, it's just gonna be a tough you know if and and I hope it does and I hope I hope Kelly gets it going. But what'd you say she's in year what year four? She's got. I mean, I'm I'm really rooting for. Her. I, I hope they can make some kind of decent run this year there's a betting line for that game tomorrow
0: it's not 24 hours out yet we're 16 and a half point favorites tonight we are yeah I believe that's right let me check fanduel here real quick
1: i mean as far as the bass i don't know i'm, I'm sure we're going to get into that in the next hour the basketball team and all that stuff but 16 and a half i don't know about
0: that one <laughs> that's We'll I don't know. I don't, it's
1: know. A, it's, 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 I don't it's know. It's a kind number. of tempting even to me. I, even I know that's a, it's an awfully
0: large number there. <laughs> well, they've got that point guard who's pretty good, Terry Roberts. I think if he can control the game for them, if if unless, you know Ziegler just destroys him, if if Ziegler destroys him, yeah, we'd probably cover that number. But if Roberts, who's been a nice player for them, if he can kind of just keep it steady for them, Keep things coming along. He can. He's
1: a bigger. It was bigger than Ziegler. But well, yeah. But I'm, Ziegler's got. There seems to be that the size guard that kind of gives him trouble.
0: I think that was just Caseen Wallace.
1: I think you that Casein Wallace is just that that yeah, good. I, he's a pro. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: but I, I don't know. We'll find out. I, I think that's this is going to be a a big guard game, and can Tennessee make shots and stuff, but. If you're asking me, 16 and a half, I would probably think this is a 10 to 14 point win for Tennessee.
1: And maybe giving us a couple extra for it being at, at home, where other than that Kentucky game, I mean, we've been one of the more dominant teams in the country at home. Not many people have come in here and won. Who, Auburn, Kentucky? Am I missing any? No, I mean –
0: Kentucky's the only one in the last twenty two games. I guess Auburn was the last one before that, probably. Yeah. The year before last. They went undefeated at home last year. Getting some <laughs> some reaction to the Danny White approval poll this afternoon. What you got? Sam says, where is the quote, I would walk into traffic for Danny White option?
2: Hmm.
1: There's a strong proof for you.
0: Elijah says, "I strongly approve." The only thing he can do that will make me approve absolutely is if he finally moves the student section for men's basketball in the camera view. Darren, aren't didn't they move some behind yeah, the other goals?
1: thing, yeah, like they split up the student section, and apparently they messed with it's on ticketing. They did away with one. Of the, they had one of those Vol Pass packages, and they were priced in a in an affordable range for the gung-ho basketball fans that, you know, maybe aren't – don't have a lot of disposable income. and But they were really, really rowdy, people that would buy those Vol Pass things. And apparently – I don't know if they jacked the price up. on I, I know they, they're wanting to squeeze more money out of yeah. the uh, program. Every, but, everything's getting more expensive. But you
2: got you to balance that out, man. That was one thing I forgot that we were all eh, over, which was the no longer getting physical tickets. That was something that...
0: Oh, no you mean actual... Yeah,
2: but I I feel
1: like that's a universal thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know,
2: but like listen. We can get on the porch about it if we want to, but I like having a physical ticket. Bring some memories to it, you know?
1: I mean, I I, I get it, but... (laughs) We've had
0: this discussion, and he just... The physical ticket uh, was ultimately easier. You just hand it to the guy when he tears it, or they scan it, or whatever. The... What I... Like having to jump through the hoops if you have to transfer a lot. Of, we do a lot of giveaways, and so I'm like transferring tickets, and that can be kind of like, oh man, got to do this again. But once you have it on your phone, once it's
1: in your your wallet on your phone, it's so much easier. Yeah, but it's a whole lot easier on for like especially for stuff like we do. You know, you're talking about like giveaways and stuff. That's so much easier. Like you're sitting, oh man, I got to do this again. That's a hell of a lot better than you know somebody having to drive all the way heck over here and pick up tickets, or you go meet them somewhere mean do that sitting on your couch That's you get sure you could get kidnapped I guess so but there there's
0: also something i mean a little bit nostalgic and maybe we will go ahead and and hop up, <laughs> up on the porch here this afternoon I mean i remember we didn't have season tickets growing up but my dad was like we would go to a game maybe two games a year like maybe he would get tickets but i have a lot of memories of like Buying from scalpers, on the, like walking around the hunt for a ticket to a big game. How much? How much for two? How much for a pair? Okay, this guy's got uh, two for 150. Let's go. Uh, like, you know, and you, and you have to do the math and kind of. It was fun. I also remember going to buy tickets for a friend, meeting somebody at the gas station in haram <laughs> <laughs> to buy tickets, I think it was the 2006 LSU game. I think my wife's brother was coming to town. We had to go like meet out in the boonies and get some tickets.
1: You miss that? No, not really. <laughs> 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 now that I think about it, driving to, to Harman—that's a—that's uh, an hour and a half and probably twenty-dollar commitment right there, in gas and time
2: scalping next to the money wall there
1: was something about got two, looking for two who needs tickets?
0: Who needs tickets? This guy's got like 50 tickets to the Tennessee, Tennessee Tech basketball game. I'm like, dude, who are you selling those to? Buzz Peterson is our coach. There's going to be 10,000 people at this game. Who are you selling that giant fistful of Tennessee basketball tickets to? Nobody's buying those. Who needs tickets? I got t- How many do you need, man? How many? No, dude, I've got tickets. This is not a hot ticket, okay? Mercer's in town. I'm. I'm good. What you got? What you got? We buy it from you.
1: Those scalpers, man, they're they're pushy. Oh yeah, I missed the concert scalpers. Were they pushy? Mm-hmm. No, they were just ruthless. Like price, price fluctuated while you were standing there. If you're in, suddenly you find yourself in a hot bidding war for you know two seats on the third row center for I don't know like crows at the civic coliseum you gotta have
0: you gotta have your money in a wad and like you can't like you gotta show, be ready you can't to show your wallet to those guys no they see a couple extra 20s in there and like, oh, you, you can't, can't show any week go and give me that. those give me those
1: yeah give those while you're at it I remember uh just the sights and sounds of the, uh, the whole game day experience a concert going experience russell it's completely changed it's never going back to the way it was and i'm not ashamed to admit i'm kind of sad about that my man stay with us the drive continues
0: fan run radio marcus has your top four at four when we continue on many of these fine fan run affiliates hour number two of the drive coming up next